We're taking a little break from the studio today, and we're going to share with you one of our favorite episodes from back in the day. This is from June 2020. This is originally episode 27, where Jeff and I talk about leading where you are. Welcome to the Leadership Junkies podcast brought to you by Cartavera, the leadership development ecosystem that helps you grow your people, grow your business, and grow your life. Today is episode 27, Lead Where You Are, seizing the everyday opportunities to lead and make a difference. Are you waiting for someone else to lead? Do you wish you were in a position of leadership so you could change things? Wrong questions. Listen in as Craig and I talk today about the reality that leadership is a choice. And you, all of you, can lead wherever you are, whether or not you have a leadership position. We're going to be sharing empowering and challenging messages about the leadership choices you can make every day. So get ready to take an honest look at your leadership choices and to answer this question. What are you modeling as a leader? Junkies podcast, where we explore leadership, business, and personal growth to help you grow your business and live a richer life. We're your hosts, Jeff Dishwitz and Craig Matthews. We believe that leaders have to put their people first. And if you don't have time to grow your people, then you're not leading. Get ready for conversations that will challenge your thinking and help you transform your leadership and your business. Welcome to your bigger business and bigger life. We are back here in studio, Craig and I, and today, of course, we're talking about leadership, but more specifically, we're talking about where you lead. And my guess is, as soon as you heard that, you thought, oh, this is about my position of leadership. And that's not what we're talking about. In fact, we're talking about this idea and an encouragement, an invitation, and maybe even a push to lead wherever you are wherever you are in your organization, wherever you are with your team, wherever you are with your family and the community. The point is that we have opportunities, you have opportunities to lead literally everywhere you are. And we're going to dispel some of the myths about positional leadership. And I want to start with a quick story about why this topic came up for Craig and I. As you know, at least prior to the coronavirus, I speak all over the country and even in several cases, the world. And the comment I hear most often is people from the audience either asking a question or coming up at the end and saying, what if the problem in my organization is my leader? <laughs> and I and I say, wow, okay. So, you know, the sad part is that's a common message. I hear it regularly. And in fact, if someone asks it during the session, all the heads start nodding. And it brings up a couple of things. Number one, People are looking at there's this singular leader and they are responsible for everything. And the first thing I tell folks is if you're doing that, you're really disempowering yourself because you've decided that someone else gets to decide the overall experience in this business. And I think that's an old story. The second part of that is just talking about the reality that every person has the ability, and I would just say a choice to make about not only how they're going to lead, but where are they going to choose to lead? And that's our topic today, leading where you are and really hopefully empowering you to leave this conversation saying, I am a leader and I'm a leader in every spot, 
position layer of my life. Yeah, when I look at leadership, I've, I've seen leaders who are in the organization, certainly. You know, I work with a lot of CEOs and, and other people within organizations, but I also see people leading just by being themselves, just by choosing to stand up for what they believe or just by being a model of somebody who is accountable or somebody who is being encouraging to other people around them. It doesn't require a position. I mean, think about some of the news stories we've heard of small children who are leading movements. You know, they, they decided to start writing messages on their sidewalk and now the news picked it up and that's leading where you are. It's just, it's right outside your doorstep, as easy as that. It's also leading your family. It's, it's leading in your relationships. But ultimately, it comes down to you making a choice. Are you going to be the kind of person who is a role model? Or are you going to be the kind of person who is just following other people and not really making a difference? Well, and the, the example that comes to me, Craig, as you were speaking, goes way back to 1989. Hmm. And there's a picture that almost all of us are familiar with at some level, and it's Tiananmen Square hmm. in China. Yes. And there's a singular man who is sitting on the ground in front of a row of tanks. Yeah. And I've often used that a picture in presentations to say, you know, change is about a choice. And to me, that epitomizes leadership. There was no one else following him at that moment, but he was creating followership. There are other people who followed from that example, that modeling, very, to me, very courageous to step out and not wait for permission, not wait for someone to tell him. He didn't follow anyone else. He took a stand. Yeah. And that's one of the key elements of leadership. And again, if you can do it in that context, then I wonder what is your context every day where you have that opportunity to take a lot less risk, because there's always going to be risk, but take a lot less risk to demonstrate something you stand for and be willing to do something about it and get into action. Oh, there was a perfect example this last weekend. On Saturday, there was a Black Lives Matter march in Holly Springs, North Carolina. I mean, this is a community of 37,000 people. We had about 500 people show up for this rally. And it ended up being something that was not just a march, but it was also kind of a party. I mean, it ended up with live music and food trucks. And it was organized by three college students. These were some, some people in the community. These three young ladies decided that they were going to put something together. They gathered a team around them and they chose to stand up and all sorts of people came in. Another good example of that was my sons invited me to it. So they led where they were in our family. And I think the thing to keep in mind is our natural default, especially when we talk about leadership and certainly think about leadership, is we tend to go to positional. Yeah. You know, I remember a conversation, I shared it with Craig some time ago. I was speaking last summer actually in Indianapolis, and I was sitting at the bar the day before I spoke, and I was speaking to a woman, and I said, told her I was a speaker and said, oh, what are you speaking on? I said, well, I'm speaking a session tomorrow on leadership. Told her the title, and she said, oh, I saw that. I was going to go to that, but I'm not a leader. <laughs> and I looked at her, and I said, well, actually, you are a leader, and I would encourage you to come because I'm going to talk about exactly that because part of the talk was about getting away from our positional views of leadership. Now, she ended up not coming because she was so entrenched in the idea that leadership was not her. Yeah. And I 
firmly believe it's because she saw it as I'm a leader once I get to a position that other people call leadership. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's something uh, you've, you've made a convert with me too, Jeff, because as we were talking just earlier today about the whole issue of leadership and I said, well, leaders as definition is people who have followers, but oftentimes it's just when we step up and just model, be the kind of person that we want other people to be and other people are watching. And I think that is what followership is. And we're going to do more on that. You know, that's something to look forward to in our podcast and certainly through Cartavera, this idea of building followership. But the key to that is being a person that people want to follow. Mm-hmm. Notice I didn't say be a leader. I said be a person that people want right. to follow. Thus, that creates your leadership. And the big thing I want to share before we jump into some of the ideas on how to do this differently and to look at it differently is I'm going to just be blunt. Stop waiting for others to lead. Right. And stop waiting for the positional leaders to lead you. This is the blunt part. It's really, you're really disempowering yourself, and it's really a form of blaming them for what's going on with you. You know, you're looking at them saying, I wish you were a better leader. If you were a better leader, I would be a better leader. If you were a better leader, this organization would be better. Mm. And you go home and you complain to your friends or your partner or anybody who'll listen to your fellow teammates about how poor certain leadership is. And we're saying stop talking about it and start changing about it. That's what this is about today. One of the things that a lot of people think about is to step out, to be the kind of person that they may want to be, but have hesitated to do is because there's risk. And we look at leadership as a risk. Sometimes when we stand up, people might not agree with what we say. And so there's the risk of disapproval. There are some other risks as far as not really having people follow you. What if you step out and you start to lead the charge and you look back behind you and everybody's just still waiting on the starting line? Well, one of the things we talk about a lot on the Impact Leadership Podcast, as well as at Cartavera, and if you know me, you hear me talk about vulnerability all the time. Yeah. And a lot of what we're trying to share through our programs and our messages is to be more vulnerable as a leader. But here's the piece. The act of leadership is an act of vulnerability itself. Craig said it so well. In order to lead, you have to step out. And that means being seen. And that means the risk, you're certainly going to be seen. And the risk of judgment. And the risk, as Craig said, of not being followed. And I tell leaders all the time, because I'm not, I don't want to be Pollyannish. There absolutely are risk of leadership. In a moment, we'll talk about the risk of not leading. But I think about a target. And I did a leadership workshop about eight years ago, and I never really realized how much that when you choose to lead, a target gets put on your back. (laughs) But here's the thing. That's what we all think. There's a target on my back. But I have reframed it. I have realized that when we step into leadership, whether we are given it as a position or we choose to step into it, what actually happens is we are given the target. The question of where it goes is up to you. Most of us put it on our back. We encourage people to fire arrows at our back, but vulnerable leaders actually put the target on their chest Hmm. and said, I'm going to be who I am and I'm going to invite your feedback. And I want you to see me, and I want you to tell me how I'm leading. 
and I want to know how I'm impacting you. So the target, that's the deal. But where it goes is up to you as a leader. You get to choose on your chest with vulnerability or on your back with lack of authenticity, lack of transparency, lack of vulnerability. And that's where the arrows come from behind you. So we look at this, this whole issue of the arrows and the, the targets, but oftentimes what we think is going to be coming at us is actually very, very different from what actually happens. Sometimes when I step out and I would say something or I would just stand for what I believed, I would have other people say, wow, Craig, I'm so glad somebody said something. You know, and sometimes it's the love that comes back and hits that target. It's not just arrows. As Craig said, there's so many gifts and benefits of leading. And I also think yeah. we got to think about, really take a look at what the risks are. Like when someone says, I'm afraid to speak up. Well, they're not really afraid of speaking up. They're afraid of some bad thing that might happen <laughs> if they speak up. Right. And to get clear on it, what's that going to be? You know, one of the things that I have been preaching, and I say preaching very purposefully over the last number of years is, that leadership to me is very much not positional, but it's also not a full-time job. You know, I look at people in positions of leadership, most of the time they're not actually leading. Right. Most of their day, they're actually, you know, they have functions and they're performing things that are not the leadership part. Mm -hmm. So what I say is that leadership is not a 24-7 job, but it's a 24-7 responsibility and awareness. I'd say it's a mindset. 24 seven, because you need to be in the, in the mindset of saying, okay, I am responsible for these other people. I am responsible for myself and everything, every action that I do, other people are watching. And therefore I want to make sure that I am performing at my best. I, that I am genuinely being a heart led leader, especially if I'm at home and my kids are watching, what is it that I'm teaching them as, as they're growing up? Are they going to learn from my actions or are they going to learn from my words? And if it's just the words, they're going to learn that, hey, I'm a hypocrite or, you know, I don't really need to listen to what dad says or mom says. Well, the example um, Craig gave is a really good one because to me, especially when we're talking about leading where you are, one of the greatest things we can do is actually speak up. Mm hmm. There are so many contexts, including, especially in the workplace, one of my great examples is meetings. You know, I've, I've loved to meet an organization, and if you have one of these, please reach out to me. I want to know that your organization's different. But I almost never meet an organization that says, we need more meetings. <laughs> People don't say, oh my God, we are so good at meetings, I wish I had more. No, we hate our meetings. And that's a whole other topic. Yeah. One thing that happens in meetings, and this is, I can make an audience laugh by saying, have any of you ever been in a meeting where it got off course? Everybody goes, oh my God, their hands fly up. It happens every day. But to think about the dynamic of what happened when a meeting goes off course, someone took a rabbit hole or went off on a topic or got off of the agenda, but no one speaks up. Mm -hmm. And what happens is everybody sits in the meeting and who do they look at? They look at the person whose meeting it is, and they're <laughs> waiting for them to do something about it. And then they start judging them, and now they're upset at them, and they're upset at, if it's Craig, they're upset at Craig because he went down a rabbit hole, and now they're upset at Susan because it's her meeting and she didn't stop him. 
But how often do people actually say, hey, hang on a second. I think we got off course. That to me is leadership. And that's that's where we can all be empowered to take action in that moment to literally change the course of that whole experience. That's a great point, Jeff. I I didn't even think about leadership inside of meetings, but you're right. Oftentimes it's the person who called the meeting or maybe they've invited their boss or something like that. And so oftentimes we defer to the person with the greatest perceived authority in the group, but anybody can call foul. And so that may be part of just when you set up a meeting or when you're part of a meeting, hey, let's set some ground rules. These are some things going on. If we're getting off track, you always have the opportunity to say, hey, let's make sure that we're staying on track. Is this really relevant to what we're talking about? It's not on the agenda, but this seems to be important. Do we need to have a different meeting or a different discussion about that at another time or what? You know, and so there are some things that we can do to move things along, even in meetings that aren't ours. Well, you know, you think about this idea of leadership, too often we think leadership is based on permission. Mm, Yes. And to me, they're the opposite. You know, there are people who are so-called anointed and they're given this role and therefore they supposedly have permission to lead. But again, I acknowledge there are risks so that, you know, you're sitting in that meeting. And I love the meeting story because it's happening every day. It's in, yeah. you know, it's going to happen tomorrow. And one of the risks is, well, if I speak up, it's Susan's meeting. Is Susan going to think I stepped on her toes? Is Susan, is someone else in the room going to say, well, who does, who does Jeff think he is? Because he's now running the meeting. It's right. because we think in terms of these positional leaders, it's your meeting. What if we thought of it as our meeting? Right. Now, some of this is a culture shift, and this is where it gets really interesting. In leadership. Mm-hmm. I would love, if I'm on that team, I would love for that leader to empower me and all of us to say, look, when you see something off course, I want you to speak up. But I don't always get what I want. And I okay. may not have a leader that empowers me that way. I may not have a, a leader who's really explicitly granting that permission. So it comes back to, I've got a choice to make in that moment. I call those leadership moments no matter what the scale is, and think about what happened to you in the last week. Where was a time at work or on a team? And I know a lot of you are remote now, or you're out in public. You saw something that didn't, didn't make sense to you, or you disagreed. did you speak up in that moment? Yep. Or did you stay silent? And here's my comment to you. I'm not here to judge you whether you chose to be silent or not. What I really want to empower you with is to say, you have choices, and I'm encouraging you to own the choices and make the choice, and be good with the choice. I just want you to see you have a lot more opportunities to lead than you ever imagined. It's funny. There's a a phrase in our family that my sons have now said, okay, I get it, dad. I always have a choice. So I never say, well, I just didn't have a choice because they know what I'm going to say. You always have a choice, even if that choice is to no longer participate in that activity or, you know, what have you, you always have a choice. And so sometimes we're in a situation and Jeff, Jeff and I have talked about this factor a lot. Sometimes men will make comments or a joke that are sexist. 
or racist or something that is just not appropriate. And it's up to us to actually stand up and say, you know what? I know that's, that's not the way we need to be talking about that. How do you deal with that, Jeff? Well, I'd love to say that I always speak up <laughs> and I don't. The truth is I don't. But what I will say this is because it is a journey that I speak up a lot more than I ten, did 10 years ago. And 10 yep. years ago, I actually probably would have joined in because I thought it was funny and I didn't get it, whatever it was. And so yep. the journey for me has been going from I'm just part of it to observing it and saying, that doesn't work for me. I'm bothered by that to then starting to speak up more and more and figuring out how I want to speak up. Because, mm -hmm. you know, in the last couple of years, in a lot of those cases, I wanted to step into my leadership in some of those micro moments. Mm -hmm. But I didn't step in well, because a lot of times I would step in with anger. Right. And I pull back later and say, wait a minute, I still want to speak up, but I did it in a way that's probably not going to be heard. And my, what's my goal? My goal is to uh, maybe invite someone to see it differently. That's probably not going to work if I bring my anger. So it's an ongoing journey, but it still comes back to, and I love what Craig said, I'm a firm believer. If you only allowed me one t-shirt <laughs> with those life philosophies on it, and I'm realizing I don't have one, so I need to create one. <laughs> it would be what Craig said. I always have a choice. Yeah. And I would say you always have a choice, but I'll speak for myself. Yeah. I always have a choice. And that includes those choices about leadership. And I hope already you're taking away just in these first few minutes, this idea that leadership is about so much more than someone who has a title mm -hmm. that infers leadership. Let's, let's actually be really honest about this. A lot of people who have positional authority are not leaders. They are not actually leading their people. They're not taking care of their people. They are managers who are trying to get efficiency rather than leaders who are trying to help people to grow. And it's a, it's a sad state when we realize that there's so much missed opportunity out there for those people who are positional leaders where they could have so much more impact just because they're positional leaders. But yet, here we are, wherever you are, you have an opportunity to lead. Yeah, one of the sad conversations, it's sad to me, conversations I have in an organization is if I go in and I talk to the team in private, away from the positional leaders, and I mm -hmm. say, who are your strongest leaders here? They almost always name positional leaders because they think they're supposed to, and that's what the question is. Mm. But when I tell them, no, I don't want to think about positions, but who here, position or not, do you believe are the strongest leaders? Mm. And it's almost almost always not a positional leader or certainly not a top leader. It's somebody on their team. And I'll say, why is that? Say, Man, they always have our back and they're the most encouraging person. And I feel like I can trust them. Man, I would follow them into a burning building. Mm -hmm. Would you follow the positional leader? Uh, <laughs> I do. If I do, it's, it's because I've been paid to follow them. <laughs> Let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. I've been a Beta Gamma Sigma member for the last 20 years. If you're looking to hire, the right candidate is closer than you think. Beta Gamma Sigma is the International Business Honor Society. 
exclusively for students at the top of their class in the top 5% of business schools in the world. BGS members are academic achievers, skilled leaders, and experienced problem solvers, and their skills and experience extend beyond the classroom. They hold chapter leadership positions, attend global business summits, complete ethics trainings, and engage in world-class internships with top corporations. When you hire a Beta Gamma Sigma member, you are truly hiring the best in business. For more information, email bgshonors at betagammasigma.org to learn more about how to hire BGS members. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. And here's a question to ask yourself about leadership. And this is to ask about yourself. I love this question because I'm a student of military history. And I'll also often ask team members this. Think about another team member. So let's say it's, I'm talking about Craig. And I'll say, so Craig, I want you to imagine that you've got all these team members. Um, and one of them is Bob. I said, Craig, would you, if you were going to be in a foxhole, would you choose Bob to be in your foxhole? Yes or no? It's a yes or no. And then I'll say, okay, and if Bob was in the foxhole with you, how well are you sleeping at night? You get some really telling answers in that context. I've had people say, I'd welcome in my foxhole. I'd be okay. One guy said to me, I would not sleep well. I'd be sleeping with one eye open because <laughs> I want to make sure he or she was going to be there in the morning. Wow. That's usually telling. And so what that comes back to is trust. Do I trust that person who's next to me that I'm working with? You know, I see their character on a day-to-day basis. So if you turn that back on yourself, are you the trustworthy person? Are you the person that people would want in the foxhole? Are you the person that your children are going to look up to and say, wow, you know, my mom, my dad, they really, you know, I know that they love me. I know that, that they're taking care of me. And I'd never question that. And I got to say, it was a big heartfelt statement that my youngest son put in the card for Father's Day a couple days ago. He said, Dad, thanks for being the dad that I never questioned whether you cared. I'm like, oh, love it. That's cool. And I think it's important to keep in mind that through all of this, you know, if there's a couple rivers that run through this, it's about trust. Yeah. And if you want to have followers, you need to be worthy of followers. And to be worthy of followers, to me, means to be trustworthy. Yeah. And to look at what are the ways that you, you earn trust and what are the ways that you break trust? What are the ways that you are intensely trustworthy and what are the ways that maybe you're not so trustworthy? <laughs> That's the journey of leadership, to look in that mirror 
and ask and answer honestly those very difficult questions. And then with the answers you have from yourself and others, are you going to have the, I'll call it courage, to t- and be vulnerable enough to actually change that and take yeah. different action? And sometimes it's just as simple as doing what you say you're going to do. You know, if we say, okay, I'm going to do this and you don't, you lose trust. You say you're going to do something and you do it, you're going to gain some trust. And it's not something that's built overnight. It's something that has, you know, people are going to see your character over a period of time. And so building trust is one of those things that to some, they can trust somebody fairly easily. A lot of people have been mistreated by many, many people, and they have a long time to build trust. And so it's going to be different with each individual. We've done some programs on trust that would be more coming. That's a, you know, a whole nother topic. I want to talk a moment before we move on about risk, hmm. but the risk of not leading. Oh, yes. And we often forget it. We think about the risk of leading, but what is the actual risk of, of not leading? And typically, the most obvious one is things are going to stay the same. Yeah. Now, here's the bonus. Here's the tricky part. I'm going to call it the bonus. I'm, I'm doing my air quotes around bonus. If I choose not to lead and things stay the same, one benefit of that, more air quotes, is I get to blame somebody else. (laughs) Right. I get to blame my leader, my positional leader, that person who didn't let me do what I wanted, who held me, all those things. So one of the gifts of not leading, air quotes again, (laughs) is I get to blame everybody. Yeah, how's that working for you, Jeff? <laughs> spoiler alert, spoiler alert, blaming others is not leadership. I know that was a big letdown for many of you. But there's so many things that we're all, and here's the thing, actually not leading, we already know the outcome because we're experiencing it every day. <laughs> we actually know what the risk is because you're going to just keep living with this reality or living with the place you're in or living with the dissatisfaction or living with a stalled career. And this is, this is where it gets edgy, folks. One of the risks is that if you actually step up and lead, your positional leader may not like it. Yep. And that may mean that you have a career path change ahead of you. That either they're going to choose or you're going to choose. And that's a risk. I get it. I am not naive enough to say, and I'm not, I would never get on here, and I know Craig wouldn't either, and say, you got to do these things and let your career shift dramatically and maybe have issues with your family. No, this is about understanding, though, that you're choosing that. And one of the things we're choosing in that moment is we're choosing to try and be the kind of leader that our positional leader wants. Yeah. But you got to decide, is that really who you want to be? And is that who you want to emulate? And do you really want to play that game? I get that there's a cost when you don't play the game. But there's so many people out there who are following leaders. Many times you don't even respect. Right. You don't trust. But you're going to try and be the leader that they want. That's the choice we all have to make. And what I'm going to tell you right now is you're making the choice every day. Right. The question is, will you make a different choice tomorrow? And let's get down to the to the deepest parts, in some situations, if you don't step up and lead, people are going to be hurt. You know, whether it's because of words that people are saying, you know, whether it's sexist or racist or something else that's going on, whether it's you're on a manufacturing line and if you don't say something, 
you know, somebody's fingers could get cut off. I mean, you don't know what those impacts can be until you start thinking about it. But when we step back and we say, you know what, the effort it's going to take to step up and the quote unquote risk of getting there is going to be worth it. Now, there are some things that we can do as we're moving into that space of owning our own leadership where we are of saying, you know what, I'm going to step out a little bit at a time. I'm going to step out a little bit and I'm going to offer, you know, maybe in a meeting, I'm going to say, hey, I have an idea. And if everybody shoots down the idea, okay, I know what kind of leaders I have around me, quote unquote leaders. I know what the receptivity is. Maybe I'm just going to go ahead and do it. And then somebody's going to say, oh, wow, that was really cool. That's great way to do that, Jeff. You know, this is something that we've been needing for a while. I'm glad somebody took the initiative. In a meeting, if you're standing, if you're saying, hey, you know what, I think we're off track. We came here to talk about this. And then you see, you know, did the person who led that meeting, were they just not paying attention? Did they feel like they couldn't say anything because their boss was in the room? You know, you never know what those situations are, but you can go back to that person after the meeting and explain. Say, look, I didn't want to try to take your meeting away from you. I was just trying to make a suggestion so that we could meet your agenda. You know, whatever those things are, we may take baby steps in moving in asserting ourselves so that we're not maybe taking the big risk all at once. Well, and make no mistake about it. The times we're in right now, we're in the middle of this, we're still in the middle of this pandemic. Don't kid yourself. We're still in the middle of this. We don't know what it's going to look like. And decisions that leaders are making in organizations mm -hmm. are having profound impact, including on people's health. Yeah. A really quick story. A very good friend of mine in New York City. One of his good friends died of COVID about a month ago. That's very sad. That part's really sad. But what makes me angry is that this person, his friend, worked in an office of seven people. The owner of that business, the positional leader, found out that one of the staff had tested positive for COVID and didn't tell anyone. Whoa. Because he believed that that would make, create a lot more uncertainty, and he chose not to tell anyone. And as a result, people had been infected, were not tested, and literally one of the team members died. And we may say, well, that doesn't happen very often. You know what? Happening once is too often. Yeah. But what I wonder is, was there someone else that had that opportunity? Is there that person who tested positive? frankly, had the opportunity to tell the whole team, look, I tested positive. And Absolutely. they have brought it up. I don't know. Maybe she, she brought it up. I believe it was a woman. And maybe the owner said, don't say anything. But that's still a choice we make every day. And our choices have an impact. Yeah, That's the deal. And our non-choices have an impact. So we've talked about all sides of risk, the risk of leading, the risk of not leading, and I want to talk to you about a topic that's going to be really uncomfortable. And I know that because in my coaching work and in my friendships, this is where I get sworn at the most. This is where I get flipped <laughs> off the most when I ask a question, which is, what would you tell your kids about leadership? I think almost all of us want our kids to be leaders, whether that's organizational, positional leaderships. At our core, we want them to be leaders. I'm not sure we're always intentional about creating that, but I want you to think about this question. 
because I've had this happen. I know you have as well. Imagine your son or daughter comes home from school and they're in the third grade or they're in the sixth grade. It doesn't matter. And they say, you know what? I'm not, my teacher's not very good. Well, first of all, I'm going to ask questions like to understand what do you really mean? Maybe it's just that they actually <laughs> expect you to be accountable. But there are such things as better and worse teachers. That, that's a truth. But here's what I'm really confident. If your son or daughter had a less than excellent teacher, I don't think you'd look at your son or daughter and say, that's a bad break. You know, good luck with the fourth grade. Sucks to be you. It sucks to be you. I don't know how you're going to get through it. I guess you're going to, <laughs> this is going to be just a blow off year for you. Yeah. No, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about how they can take ownership of their education. We're going to talk to them about how they can move past the issues with the teacher. You're, they're going to encourage you to try and work with the teacher differently, but they're also going, I and you, and we're all going to give our kids tools to empower them to lead in their space and to take ownership of that. And yeah. I think about this question of what would you tell your kids, because it's so easy to show up differently and yet give our kids different advice. Well, I think it's something that comes up for me as you say that it really comes back to how would I want my children to be treated? Would I want to allow them to be in the same kind of situation I'm in right now? Would I want them to be different? When I look at in that situation, are we going to have our children want to be in the same place that we are? Let's, let's use that as an analysis tool. Would I want them to be where I am right now? And in that situation, what would I encourage them to do? What would I tell them as advice for how to change the situation? And what I know for some of you and maybe many of you, let's just, let's just shine a light on it. If some of your children were in a work situation, you might very well tell them, I would just stay quiet. Keep collecting your paycheck and write it out because this is life. This is the deal. I hope not. But I want you to think about this. If that's what you've said, how does it feel? Mm. Is that what you really believe? And think about what your life experience is if that's what you're doing. If you're choosing to stay silent, if you're choosing not to lead, how does that feel to go to work every day? And then think about, do you want your children to feel that way? See, it's different. We can give advice, but get back to what does it feel like in that place? Yeah. What does it feel like to be trapped at work? What does it feel like when you work for someone that's not an ideal leader? What, was it, what does it feel like to be in a work environment that doesn't feel safe to speak up? Mm. doesn't feel very good. That's why we go home, and that's why you know, many of us find different ways to medicate or tune out. So think about the advice you're giving to others, and then remember you're giving that same advice to yourself. Yeah. We want to empower our children, not disempower them. And I think that's, that's a really good question and a, and a good perspective. I appreciate that you brought that up. So Jeff, we talked about, you know, what it's like and kind of perspectives on things, but how do we actually do this work? How do we lead if we don't have a position? Well, this is going to be, I got a couple answers to that. The first one is something that you rarely hear from me. And this is one of the only contexts that I actually use it. We think about Nike, just do it. And what I have found is that for most people, that doesn't work when it comes to change. Yeah. That they need some tools. They need to better understand things. And I get that. 
But leading in the moment, leading where you are, is about doing it. Yep. It's about taking that action. Yes, assess it. You know, go through the process. What's the risk? What might happen? What am I living with? Go through the process. But ultimately, there's a decision point that requires action. And sometimes that action is to speak up. And if typically it's to speak up, now it's to not speak up. But the word I want you to hear here is modeling. Mm-hmm. The thing that anybody on this planet, they actually do every day, but maybe not intentionally, is model. <laughs> yeah. You're modeling a certain behavior. You know, I tell people all the time, I know everybody's a leader because no one's living literally in a box. If you're living in a box and have no interaction with any other human being, remote or otherwise, or in person, maybe you're not leading because there's nobody even sees it. But the rest of us, we are all visible. Our kids are seeing it. Our family members, our partners, our friends, our team members, the people that work above us positionally, the people that work below us, the people you interact with when you go to the store, the servers, the people at the the grocery store that are checking you out. Every one of us has an opportunity to model leadership. And to me, that's an intentional endeavor, not a default outcome. And I want you to think about, are you modeling what it means to be a leader throughout your life? Yep. It's just as simple as being present in in where you are. Uh, Sometimes it's as simple as just listening. Jeff and I talked about presence in several episodes before, but that space of just being present for other people is leading by modeling. It's leading by listening. And there's so many different ways that we can just be present for somebody else. Somebody's grieving, just being there with them, not asking questions, not saying anything, just being there with them is a form of leadership. You know, we always hear about mentoring. And I'm a big fan of mentoring. I really want to encourage all of you, both individually and within organizations you're a part of, whether formal or not, to bring modeling to the forefront. Yeah. One of the things you talk about, Jeff, is mentoring. And to me, that is something that not only helps other people, but it feels great to be able to be in a position where you can help other people with, with some of your experience and expertise. And it's a, it's a way to give back. It's a way to lead. And it it's requires no position whatsoever. Just being a resource for other people is a fantastic way of leading. And in fact, I'm part of an organization called the Mankind Project. Mm. And as I become a more positional leader, one of the requirements is that I mentor others. It's not a suggestion, it's required. And some of the groups in that organization, no matter what level of leadership you're at, you're required to mentor people because of just what you said. It's the best way to grow. It's the best way to improve. I mean, if you think about this question, one of the biggest gaps in leadership is that leaders are not walking their talk. Hmm. And, you know, a great question in terms of feedback is to ask people, what are you modeling? And to mm-hmm. ask for feedback from others to say, when you look at how I show up, what do you see me modeling? Mm, that's a good, great question. You may not like the answer, but those are the answers that we all need to find the blind spots and to find the areas that we can work on if we're willing to. And that comes back to that choice. Leadership is a choice. 
Yeah. How you're going to show up as a leader is a choice. Whether you're going to choose to lead is a choice. And if you thought you were going to hear the word choice a lot today, <laughs> go, yes. It's about a choice. Leadership is not about permission. Yeah. I think one of the things that, that you just talked about there, Jeff, is when we ask the question, tell me how I'm showing up, tell me what I'm modeling here, that is a perfect example of vulnerability because you're opening yourself up to getting feedback that will help you grow and that will help you change the impact you're having on other people. It's as we've talked about before, vulnerability is really just realizing that you don't have all the answers, to know that you have blind spots, to, to ask and question and find out how are you showing up because we don't know. As we wrap up here, the thought I would leave you with is this. At the risk of repeating it again, leadership is a choice. Mm -hmm. And when I look around the world, and if you've heard me speak, you've heard me say these words before, leadership is the secret sauce. Leadership is the solution. And to borrow a phrase from a song, what the world needs now is leadership. Yeah, I know I the song love, says sweet love. love. <laughs> love, sweet love. I'm going to say leadership, sweet leadership. Yeah, there we go. And love is in there and love is in leadership. Absolutely. And so my leadership mission, is the secret sauce. Some of the ingredients include love, trust, <laughs> vulnerability, and some of the other things we've been talking about. So we encourage you to lead where you are. What I know for a fact is people are waiting for you to lead and maybe starting with yourself. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to your favorite podcasting app, rate us, give us some comments, share some love. It helps us to get our message out to more people. Thank you so much. If you enjoy the Leadership Junkies podcast and you want to grow your leadership, we have a new course for you called Become a Confident Leader. In this course, we will share some of the keys to becoming more confident in your leadership and also to become more impactful. Go to cartavera.com confident to find out more. See you on the inside. Don't you know that you're a grown up? I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Right, you think that was good enough? I, I hope so, man. I'm tired. <laughs> who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I, I, I've never done it. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, right.